You're listening to Fuel for Warriors, episode 20. Somebody who gets shit done. It's all down to hustle. Uh, relentless mindset. We think of 300, we think of the Spartan. Sort of the courage and conviction to face their challenges in life. It always does the right thing at all costs. Let's welcome to this week's show, Mr. John Lee Dumas. So for me, there's really one word that I think of when I hear the word warrior, and that's hustle. Hey, what's going on, Warriors? This is Timothy Lawson, host of Fuel for Warriors, a podcast collaboration between Lawson Entertainment and Lock and Load Java. Very excited about this week's guest. I have Army veteran John Lee Dumas. John is the founder and host of Entrepreneur on Fire. It's an award-winning podcast that reveals the journey of today's most inspiring entrepreneurs. It is a seven-day-a-week podcast. Hey, Fire Nation, and welcome to Entrepreneur on Fire, where I chat with today's rock star entrepreneurs seven Which, days a week. Uh, at the time of its launch, was pretty unheard of, but John has made that not only a successful endeavor for himself, but the leading example for other shows striving to be a successful daily podcast as well. John and I uh, go back a couple of years. We've we've done podcast collaborations before on uh, different programming. We've we've met. I'm a part of John's podcasters paradise group, and so it was very uh, very cool that I got to bring him on this show, which I think he's a great fit. So we will hear a couple words from Carl Churchill, the founder of Lock and Load Java, and then we'll get on to my interview with John Lee Dumas. Enjoy. Hey, Warriors. This is Carl Churchill, co-founder and chief coffee officer of Lock and Load Java. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our friend and fellow veteran Tim Lawson as he interviews risk takers who've embraced the warrior ethos. I know you'll love our guest today. And when you're finished with the episode, head over to LockAndLoadJava.com and use the coupon code FUELFORWARRIORS to receive a 10% discount on our premium coffee and cocoa. Stay motivated, my friends, and keep challenging yourself. All right, Warriors, back for another episode of Fuel for Warriors. I, Timothy Lawson, am here with a regular on Lost in Entertainment programs, Mr. John Lee Dumas. Sir, how are you? Timothy, I am super excited to be here, and my friends, I am prepared to ignite. You know, I, I, I mentioned it uh, in, the, in our pre-show banter a little bit, but I, I love, you've been on a few programs, and I like <laughs> that I have enough of them to just continue to be like, hey, John would fit this show, let me get him on Roll here. him in the door. I think the I think the most notable episode that I think that you and I have done though in my programming is you helped me launch the One Too Many project with the opening yes. episode that featured my own story and still to date the most listened to episode uh, in that series and I think a lot of people resonated with uh, with leading from the front and being able to uh, take example that I'll throw the link to that in the show notes so the audience can get familiar with it. John, we open every. Fuelful Warriors with the same question. This is about the warrior ethos, that mentality. What to you is a warrior? So for me, there's really one word that I think of when I hear the word warrior, and that's hustle. Because for me, it's all down to hustle. You can take the scrawniest dude. You can take, you know, just the, the person lacking the most experience in any category, niche, industry, whatever that might be. 
And with hustle, you can turn them into a warrior. So I look at every single person who I've ever seen that's become a warrior. They all have one thing in common. They are mofo hustlers. Like those guys have hustled to get to where they are, standing atop the podium, rocking it, rolling it. So hustle. So the you know Fuel for Warriors primarily features military veterans and, and athletes because I think those are two arenas where we associate the word warrior with the most. And you yourself are an Army veteran, so I have to ask, how, how, did, the, how did your time in the Army influence that perception that you just explained on being a warrior? So I definitely look back at my military experience and I really kind of break it down to a couple of sections. You know, number one is kind of the training section. You know, that's when I was pinned as a second lieutenant. Next thing you know, I'm at Fort Knox, Kentucky for a year in training. And that's kind of a unique experience because, you know, that's like your first real time in the army and you're getting to know yourself around. And, you know, it was an armor for me. So we're talking like real deal combat arms, you know, 77 tons of depleted uranium in your face, you know, death before dismount. And so I saw a lot of personalities, you know, in that. And to me, the people in that class that rose to the top were the ones that were not only hustling, but they were hustling in a genuine way. You know, they weren't conniving. They weren't trying to cut other people down to, to kind of step on their head, so to speak. They were the people that really hustled day in, day out, put the work in, you, you know, and you could look at them and say, hey, I trust this person, you know, to be my wingman. I trust this person to be, you know, my tank commander, whatever that might be. And the ones that, uh, you know, they're just kind of lazy and weren't hustling, you know, those weren't, war- those weren't warriors. You know, those were not people that you wanted to, to ruck up with, so to speak, to go to battle with. And that was kind of the crazy thing is, that, you know, we knew that we were going to battle. I mean, this was 2002, 2003. Like, we were going to Iraq. It was just a matter of when. I mean, we were going to be bringing the armor to Iraq. So we we were ready for it. And, you know, it was crazy because the war was new. You know, people were dying. It was a crazy, crazy time. And then, you know, the second phase of my army was in the actual war. You know, I got deployed, um, or I got my duty station of Fort Riley, Kansas, Big Red 1, and then we deployed to Iraq very soon afterwards and spent a year there. And, you know, you really get to know somebody and, and their real stripes when, when you're in a war with them. And, and that was pretty crazy to see and to see, again, the warriors rise and everybody else just kind of fall into place. And, you know, it's kind of sad to say that specifically and especially sometimes in a wartime environment, sometimes it, it is often the warriors that fall first because they are leading from the front because they are setting the example. And we lost some great warriors during my 13-month deployment. And then, you know, the third section is really coming back uh, in, in Kansas and finishing the, the last year and a half of my active duty requirement as um, the railhead um, officer. I was a OIC of the railhead, meaning that I was in charge of all deployments and redeployments um, from Iraq, from overseas. So it was a a logistical nightmare in a lot of ways. But, you know, again, you saw people that were able to handle it, to rise to the top, to work hard, to do what was right. And then people that kind of shrank away from every task. And it was just very consistent along the, uh, the road that, there's just going to be a certain you know, type of people that are always shirking away and are not stepping up to the plate when people need them to. And there are others that are always raising their hand first and stepping into the forefront. And you know, it's crazy to see how different those three sections of my Army career were. But in all three, there were definitely warriors. 
Now, if I remember right, you were a part of the first commissioned class after 9-11. Is that right? Yeah. So 9-11 happened, obviously, September 11th, 2001. And we were the first class of commissioned officers, which was that year um, or that that same school year where we graduated May 17th, uh, 2002. So we were the first class commissioned post 9-11. Very cool. So... Uh, now we've learned a little bit about you as a warrior. I need to I need to talk to you a little bit about you as a podcaster because that's what you are to everybody else. <laughs> uh, today I have just discovered. I mean, it, I guess it's been out for a couple months. I didn't know, but today I just discovered a podcast called The Ancient. What you found that? <laughs> <laughs> um, a little passion so- project. Yeah, and so I, I have to, and it, it ties well into with the theme of this show because it's a fantasy uh, story yeah, that you're Lord telling. Yeah, think Lord of the Rings, think Game of Thrones. Yeah, so you know, how, I'll let you pitch it to the audience because I I just discovered it today, so I've only I'm only like halfway through the prologue <laughs> episode. Um, but I'm I am a, a fan of Game of Thrones. I love playing RPGs that have like the yeah. same themes and stuff like that. You know, so. Uh, this was a this is a realm that I can uh, that I can enjoy really easily. So, uh, but I'm not as familiar with it obviously as you are because you wrote it like 13 years ago or something like that. I wrote right? it during my 13 month deployment to Iraq. Like every single word of the ancients was written on a laptop from like month two to month 12 during my deployment, and it is a behemoth of a book. We're talking like Lord of the Rings size, truly. I mean, it's it's massive amounts of work. 250 typed Word pages, Microsoft Word, which equates out to like six or 700 um, on a normal size book. So it's a massive book. And it's just, sure. just kind of sat there, you know, and, and I completed it. It's over. The, the book was, was finished. Um, but I just never really did anything with it. You know, I did when I was in law school. I pitched it to a few... Um, publishers, you know, back in the day, I mean, this is 2007, you know, back before people were really doing Kindle or anything like that. And, you know, it was just so disgusting how terrible the the traditional path was for authors back then. I feel so bad. And I feel so lucky for all the people that are, you know, now publishers and authors, because it's just a different ballgame. Actually, I feel bad for the publishers, but I feel glad for the authors because it's so amazing. The gatekeepers are gone. Um, But that never really worked out. I wasn't able to put much focus into it anyways. And I just kind of sat there. Then finally I said, you know what? I've kind of got good systems in place with EO Fire now. i got some extra time if I want it. I want to have a little passion project. And so that's when I launched uh, The Ancient. And so far, so good. It's been fun. I actually haven't been able to do an episode in a little while. But um, I do plan on, you know, just whenever I have the time, kind of sitting down and cranking out an episode and just seeing how it goes. picked up yet like what the ancient is about we related it to game of thrones lord of the Rings, stuff like that but it just in a few lines how would you describe the theme like the storyline of of the ancient humans elves orcs dwarves um dragons the whole nine yards and it's really focused on humans uh, who are vanquished from their original lands and had to kind of make a beachhead on this new land and kind of establish themselves and over the centuries kind of gain more of a foothold. And there's a lot of battles that ensue. But, you know, the, the story quickly goes to present day where 
the humans are now established. They have their foothold. There's a number of kingdoms now at this point in the game. And the dragons, who have been gone dead for, you know, thousands of years and a lot of people thought were just, you know, fairy tales, come back with a vengeance. So it's about um, basically a troop of mixture of elves, dwarves, and humans who set off to find basically the mother dragon so that they can finally put an end to this, um, you know, horrible carnage that's going on and the story that uh, that's behind it. That's amazing. It's, uh, I never, I, I didn't know that the fantasy was a pleasure of yours. Lord of the Rings I grew up with. You know, I, I can't miss a Game of Thrones. I mean, I'm really into it. Sci-fi? Not so much. Like, I can't get excited about sci-fi. It just doesn't do I'm with anything you. for me. I am, I'm with you on yeah. that. And uh, so quickly, because let's nerd out on Game of Thrones real quick, because <laughs> I'm assuming at least half my audience uh, pays attention to the show, and the other half should be ashamed of themselves for not for not uh, taking pleasure in it. What? Uh, who? Who are your some of your favorite characters on on Game of Thrones? Oh, you know, I I really I actually am one of the people that read the books first. You know, so like I go like way back, and the movies are great for sure. Um, and I don't know, have you read the books as well? I have not because I I I just know that they'll take too much time out of my. <laughs> they are so long, by the way. I mean, yeah, that's that's why I decided not to read them. As I saw how much time commitment it was going to take, and there's my reading list is already you know dozens of books long, and uh, you know I pump out five podcasts a week, so it's. Yeah, I had to be selective on what I was going to do. I enjoy the show enough. People told me, you know, people who read the book said that the show is almost as enjoyable as reading the books, you know, uh, except with a little bit of different storylines and lack of, in some details, not as great. But so I've decided just to be satisfied with the, the shows. Yeah, yeah, well, I, I love them. Um, I, I mean, the book is amazing, but it, it gets into so much more depth than the movies ever could, and that's just fine. You know, same thing with Lord of the Rings. Uh, but they did do definitely a great job with the movies. But the book, again, just it goes so much further. But, you know, I've, you know, Tyron Lannister, I mean, has always been somebody that I just I've really enjoyed his character, he, actually more so in the movies than in the books, because um, they really, I think, just do a good job with him. Um, you know, I'm a big snow fan, so I like the snows and the Starks. You know, they were kind of always the ones that I resonated with the most because, you know, the Lannisters are cool, but they're a little, uh, you know, they're a little spinstery, except for obviously, you know, Tyrion, you know, Tyrion. So, yeah. um, but definitely res- uh, resonate with the Starks, the Snows, and just kind of, you know, I'm into it. I mean, I, I definitely enjoy um, the movies, and when's, when's the next one coming out? Uh, I mean, they, they, it's, a, it's a summer thing, so hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll see some Ooh. more, more footage uh, next cool. summer. They, yeah. So, you know, you're, the, the ancient is, you know, you've decided to do it with, uh, via podcast. So instead of going create space and, and publishing your own book, you decided mm-hmm. to go podcast. And I've noticed it's, it's all you reading. So you're, you're, re- you're both the narrator and character's voices so far. Yeah, that's going to be uh, it, too. <laughs> yeah. And There's so, not much of a budget for the ancient. <laughs> <laughs> You couldn't you couldn't get Morgan Freeman in for the narration. I know. You know, it's actually I'm I'm also doing the um, I'm listening to the book on tape right now of uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, the the first one though. What's it called? Go Tell a Watchman, I think. 
And it's Reese Witherspoon who is reading that, and she is phenomenal. And I'm like, I wish I could get Reese to to read The Ancients. <laughs> well, so so what I was gonna one what I was wondering is, I mean, you've done a thousand plus episodes of Entrepreneur on Fire. How many how many episodes are you into Quotes on Fire? Three hundred. Three hundred. Uh, what it, what else? Uh, I mean, you've done tons of interviews for other people. I mean, how many of those are you doing a week? A minimum of four, 16 today. <laughs> <laughs> so you've spoken a lot. Yes, my but my job. Compar- yeah, yes. but comparatively, comparing you know your podcasting that has that is free flow conversation to actually trying to deliver a script, a novel. How, what sort of challenges have you seen in that? What what do you enjoy about your about the ancient versus maybe podcasting and, and vice versa? You know, I love how podcasting is just kind of more free flow and you can just kick it. And if you say something on a lie, you can just kind of step back and then repeat it. When you're doing something like the ancient, you, you do want it to be perfect. And so when you make a mistake, you do kind of have to stop, drop a flag, say it again. And there's definitely more of a tedious process. And the editing, you know, I go through and listen to it all over again. So the editing process is pretty darn long as well. And not to mention, you'll you'll get this too. Like I actually add in a decent amount of sound effects into the ancient. Like you'll hear the the dragon's roar and the the fire arrows whipping by and you'll hear the gongs of the church bell and people screaming and pounding on the door like I do all that so I I have fun that's cool I'm uh by the way I I'm gonna be following this and I expect the ancient to uh to, to good continue I need, coming out I need somebody to hold me accountable so thank you yeah. I'm going to be bothering you for these uh, new episodes. <laughs> well, make sure you like them first. And if you honestly do, then you're allowed to bug me, but not until then. Okay, fair enough. If I don't like them, you don't have to keep on anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so you, I need to ask you about uh, something that you mentioned, I think maybe at the end of last year, I saw you say something about it. Maybe you've actually taken the first steps towards it. And if, I, if I, you have, I haven't been made aware Travel on fire was an idea at one point. Is that still a thing? Yeah, it's is that going to be a thing? Um, we're we're still definitely in talks about it. it. It could honestly become a reality, which we're pretty excited about for a number of reasons. And we've actually even kind of moved towards a different name as well as as it kind of evolves. Because you know we love the on fire brands, but the reality yeah. is is that you know outside of the entrepreneurial worlds, um, you know travel on fire it could kind of be a little confusing for some people. Why would I be on fire uh, yeah. when I traveled, John? <laughs> so we've actually kind of we actually have done in Paradise recently a little poll of some of our front running names, and the one um, well to give you kind of a background first too is that what um, Travel on Fire's idea is is to be audio walking tours of the world's greatest cities. So what we'd be doing is actually going and living in Rome, Paris, London, and creating epic walking tours in each one of these cities. Um, so we wanted something that kind of spoke a little more to that in the title. So, and of course we needed the dot com. So, you know, it, it needed to fit. And what we've come up with that we do kind of like is cities by sound. Ooh, I like that, John. <laughs> I, and you knew I was going to like it too with that delivery light. Tim's going to love cities this. by sound audio walking tours of the world's greatest. 
So is this are so you and Kate are gonna go these places and do these walking tours, or you're gonna commission other people in those areas? Like, what's your approach it's on? It's gonna that? be us. We're gonna go. We're gonna so take cool. off, live, and it's not a hundred percent happening. You know, it's kind of one of those things that we fantasize sure. about, and um, honestly, could very realistically become a reality. Um, but you know, we're not committed to it. But it would be us going to a place like Rome, living for three months in an Airbnb, doing our thing, moving on to Paris, Berlin, London, etc. I've, uh, you say Airbnb, the Airbnb is one of the, one of the subjects or one of the platforms that I've constantly had a podcast idea on the back burner for. I'd so badly want to do a podcast where you talk to hosts and guests about best practices in the area and oh, stuff yeah. like that but you're, it's uh yeah i don't we'll get there someday i hope <laughs> hopefully hopefully at the same time that you're that you're doing uh cities by sound uh, Ooh, you remembered it that's a good sign yeah it is it is all right john i got five more minutes with you and i have two crucial questions to ask before you wrap this up what challenges are you facing you're a success. You're a successful guy, and I. But I know that you still have sticking points, and whether it's new endeavors like Cities by Sound or it's maintaining your just your regular routine. I know you have a very strong daily routine that you that you try to put yourself through. What challenges are you facing, and what are you doing to better overcome them? Nutrition is the number one challenge. Like the food that I put into my mouth, um, for sure. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I honestly would, would give myself like a B minus, like I do pretty darn well, but I'm, okay. I'm really cool. looking to get into the A status, um, and, and figure out, Hey, how can I go from, like, I just did a, a really accurate body fat test where you actually go into a dunk tank and, and it's a whole thing. So it's, it's very, it's the most accurate in the industry. And I wow. came out at 14.1%, which I was actually pretty happy with. That's, that's good. That's, on, that's on the green side. You know, you can either be red, yellow, which is normal, or green, which is healthy. So it's, it was just in the green side, um, but I really want to get up into like 11. If I could ever even get down into the single digits, that's actually, I'm actually going to make that right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to announce on this show. My goal is to one day get into single digits body fat. Um, I like that. Yeah. There is something I can definitely keep you yeah. accountable Nine, for. I would love to get a 9.9 at some point. That would be epic for I- me. I did. I didn't. I didn't do a, uh, a a dunk tank type test, but I did some uh, curves. Had some tests that you could do with like your weight and holding this thing and all this sort of stuff. They had this booth at this county fair right after I got out of, out of boot camp, and they estimated that my body fat percentage coming out of Marine Corps boot camp was between seven and eight percent. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, we. <laughs> I mean, I put it back on pretty quickly. Right. But days after days after boot camp, that's where you're at. Crazy. I love that. So, Joe, we've we've learned about your thoughts on being a warrior. We've learned about your your time in the army. We've discussed your sticking points. We've even heard your thoughts on Game of Thrones. We've learned <laughs> about the ancients. John, what gets you up every morning? What What is the fuel for your warrior? I just that I love what I do. I mean, it took me a long time to get here, but. I love what I do. Like I really enjoy knowing that I, I'm waking up every morning. I you know, have a great morning routine that I'm excited to execute upon because it's putting my health and fitness first, which is really key. And then I'm, then I'm going to be going into a day that I have set up. My day is, is on a calendar that I have established. Every conversation I have you know, with Timothy Lawson or others 
is because I've decided to say yes, not because some boss in some cubicle told me I had to do it. And that's what keeps me fired up because I love doing it. I love having the conversations. I love inspiring entrepreneurs. I love getting the emails of the ripple effects that our show is having. And it's just inspiring to me. So that's really why I jump out of bed at 5.30 a.m. every morning. What do you, is it a normal alarm that's waking you up or do you have like a Fitbit that's, that's vibrating or what is, what is waking up your, your body? The app Sleep Cycle. And so, oh, you use that. Oh, yeah. So my actual okay. time to wake up is between 5 and 5.30 and Sleep Cycle will wake me up when I am closest to um, being awake. Yeah, I, so I, I tried that for a little while. And I enjoyed it, but two things I was having a, having problems with is one, um, sometimes um, you know my girlfriend's moving around would sort of disrupt it a little bit, or I couldn't get it like I never had like a really good place to put it, and so it would it sometimes would fall off the bed. Like what 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 are you doing to make sure that it's only reading John's reading and it's, you know, staying in one place. Yeah, well, the first part, unfortunately, there's not a ton you can do. Luckily for me, Kate's a pretty sound and not moving sleeper. Um, so gotcha. there still is some, I'm sure. Um, but also what I do is I actually pull back the fitted um, sheet every night and then put it in the top left corner and then put the fitted sheet back down so okay. that it actually is pretty tight in there and it doesn't move around and it can't fall off the bed. Um, one key thing, too, is you want to make sure it's in airplane mode. You don't want to keep your phone on. Right. Yes. Yes. Um, John, it's it's always a pleasure, my friend. Yeah. I love getting a chance to talk to you. And I feel like I, I learn new stuff about <laughs> you every time we chat. I bet you did not anticipate talking no, about the ancient today. Not at all. John, I know people, you're doing Entrepreneur on Fire, you're doing Quotes on Fire, you're hopefully continuing to do The Ancient, all those things uh, can be found in iTunes by those names. Of course, we're following you on Twitter, at John Lee Dumas. John, is, is there anything else about the warrior ethos that you just have to get off your chest today? You know, I just want to say this. No matter what you want to be in life, you have to do that thing. So if you want to be a warrior... You have to actually do the warrior thing, you know, and that's hustle. So get out there, hustle, be a warrior, and, you know, just keep listening to stuff like this. I mean, it's getting you on the right path. Wonderful. John, thank you so much. I am Timothy Lawson on behalf of Carl, Lori, and the rest of us at Lock and Load Java. We'll see you next week. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Be sure to head over to LockAndLoadJava.com using promo code FuelForWarriors for a discount on your purchase. Also head over to LawsonEntertainment.com for more of my programming. Stay strong and stay motivated.